Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out, and make sure you subscribed. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Guy Rilford. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Also joining us live in studio, the gun guy, Guy Relford, licensed firearms instructor, 2A attorney, host of the, uh, did I already say host of the gun guy show? Yeah, no, You're a damn fire American man. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. And thanks as always to our sponsor, Fort Liberty Firearms in Avon. Great place to buy firearms, ammunition, or accessories. And check out their new safe room where they're selling quality American-made safes. Check out my buddies at FortLibertyFirearms.com. Big Nige, the Colts won. Go ahead and crack open that beverage you got there <laughs> all right fine i'll embrace it even though i'm not even though i don't feel good about the win i'll i'll take it okay so are we tied for first to the N- uh, afc no, no you're still behind no. the jags oh, okay the jags that's yeah. right okay, jags right, right. are rolling they're two and one and who would have picked the jags well you knowing you jason you probably did because you got this down <laughs> but who would have picked the jags in san diego uh, chargers are good they are LA. their quarterbacks banged yeah. up yeah, herbert played with He's those got a ribs, rib man. issue yeah uh We'll get to some important stuff here in just a moment. We were having a great conversation off the air, though. You went to the game yesterday, and you have been going to Colts games since this team arrived in 84. I have. You know, we've told the story a million times. You were kind of a part of that process. Yeah. Was this the most visiting fans you have seen in the Colts stadium, whether it's the old dome or Lucas Oil? Because it looked like a Chiefs invasion downtown. Yeah, by a lot. And look, a lot of teams, and I, I give them great credit for this because I like to travel to see the Colts play in other stadiums around the country as well. So I, I love that the, the, these guys do this, but it's disheartening as a home fan. A lot of teams travel well. Green Bay fans travel well. Yeah, uh, when I, Pittsburgh. In, tw- in 2020, when I went. Uh, uh, I took my son. It was limited capacity. It was like 7,500, maybe 10,000. They were all Green Bay oh, fans. Oh, there. man. Pittsburgh uh, f- fans travel incredibly well. I mean, several uh, groups and Kansas City fans clearly do. But I Buffalo, you, down Buffalo, in Miami yeah, this that weekend. Was nuts. You just showed me that video. But I got to tell you, it, as far as being at a Colts game, and you're right, I've been going since 1984. I had club seat tickets for almost 35 years and that was the biggest population of visiting fans i've ever seen and when you go to kansas city and i've been there half a dozen times it's a sea of red everybody wears a red jersey there's no white there's no yellow there's everybody wears a red jersey and there were an incredible i i would say easily 25 percent of that entire stadium were, were chiefs fans and if somebody told me it was a third i wouldn't argue with them they sounded loud on tv did, yeah it sounded like, you know, when it was a third down and the Colts are on the field, it sounded like a road game almost. Yeah, that's disheartening. And I got to tell you, there were areas up in the upper levels where whole sections looked to be 70, 80%. I mean, it was just a pocket of red. I mean, a big pocket of red. So is this the Chiefs fans just early bird getting the worm and they're buying tickets the minute they go on sale? Or is this Colts fans buying tickets and then selling them on the secondary market, the Chiefs fans? I bet fans? it's both. I think it's both. Yeah. I think, Nigel, you're exactly right. But also, Indy has a, an issue, and look, I, I'm all for free market and and uh, you know small businesses. But Indy has an issue where an awful lot of tickets, season tickets, are held by institutional uh, ticket buyer and sellers. In other words, these ticket brokers. And hey, I, 
I love them. I, I go to them when I want tickets. Sure. I, I'm going to Denver. I'm going to the Thursday night game in Denver because I have a son who lives in Denver. Oh, nice. And my daughter from Jacksonville is going with, with my son-in-law, and I'm going to meet my, my son and my daughter-in-law, and we're a, as a big group. And I'm using a ticket broker, so I'm not complaining about this, except an awful lot of tickets in Indy are owned by ticket brokers. And if Colts fans go and buy them, that's one thing, but if the fans from Kansas City or Green Bay or wherever want to go buy them too, it's a free market. And uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why teams who travel really well in terms of their fans willing to show up in other stadiums like Kansas City, that's why you saw such an incredible number of Kansas City fans uh, in that uh, in the stadium have you Have you been to Arrowhead? Have you been oh, to yeah. Chiefs? Oh, God, yes. I've my been to buddy, Arrowhead my, my half next, a dozen times. My next-door neighbor, Scott, just got back from there because uh, he has some buddies that live out there. He said, like, it's night and day in terms of the difference between Lucas Oil Stadium and Arrowhead because Lucas Oil, it's like a shopping mall almost, right? Well, there's yeah. tons of stuff to do. There's different things. You, if you're not concentrating on the game, you can go walk around. At Arrowhead, there's two things to do. Watch football and drink beer, and that's <laughs> it. And he said it was the <laughs> loudest atmosphere he's ever been in in his life. Well, I'll tell you the really 80 awesome str- things. 80,000 yeah. strong. Oh, no. All, I agree with all that. The the really awesome things about Arrowhead is, first of all, it's got nothing but like open real estate, 360 degrees yeah. all the way around the outside of the stadium. So it's incredible to tailgate, and I and I am a professional tailgater. I well, <laughs> we, we can we can do a whole show on the Guy Relford tailgate. The next night with WIBC, I want to have Guy Relford with a tent outside. You know, <laughs> I'm telling and you, a grill and a keg. I'm and... talking portable satellite dish. I'm talking <laughs> yeah. big screen, flat screen. Nice. I'm talking generator, full size gas grill that fits in your trailer hitch. Oh, I'm, I'm talking fillets and garlic mashed potatoes. Oh. I'm a professional I totally want a tailgate for the next night with WIBC. This has to happen. I'm telling you. But but in Kansas City, it's so cool because there's this huge amount of real estate right around the stadium. In Indy, you kind of got to, there's this parking lot you can tailgate in. There's that parking lot. There, it's all one It's all open, yeah. And it's so much fun. And the the fans are so passionate. Um, And and it's Kansas City, so you've got ribs and steaks and all this great food cooking everywhere. And it's it's fabulous. I love that stadium. It's a great place to go. All right. So we got Guy Relford here, the gun guy here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Let's get into some serious issues. Yep. There was a school shooting in Russia yeah. uh, earlier. 13 dead the last time that I heard. Many more injured. Uh, of course, everybody always says that these types of things only happen in the United States. We've heard this time and time again from Usually the left-leaning politicians in this country, but this goes to show that these types of things happen all over the world. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Because we always come to you whenever there's a gun-related issue, uh, because I think your opinion is just so interesting compared to folks who don't do this kind of thing for a living. Hey, do you well, know what the gun laws are in Russia? Oh, I mean, God, it's it? incredibly restrictive. I mean, to, to have a gun as a private citizen, um, really? it, it's very, very, very hard. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, look, nobody wants to to celebrate uh, the loss of life like we saw. And this was a school shooting, and they've upgraded those numbers. I was doing Tony Katz's show earlier, and just right before I got off the air, they upgraded the numbers, and it's now 15 that have been <sighs> killed with 24 injured. And so it, it, it's horrible, but it brings to mind to me the fact that every time a mass shooting happens in the United States— we have anti-gun politicians coming out and saying this only happens in America. This never happens in any other country. It's only because of our lax gun laws. And listen, we, for instance, we've had mass shootings uh, be used as a predicate or, or a reason to ban whole, whole categories of firearms. You know what the guy in Russia did who killed 15 people, wounded 24? 
he took two inoperable firearms. Apparently, they were replicas or maybe starting pistols. I don't know. But the news coverage from Associated Press said he took two inoperable pistols and converted them so as to fire real bullets. And he still killed 15 people and wounded 24 in a school. So if you think for a moment that the way to stop school shootings or mass shootings generally is to take a particular class of firearms away from people. Like in the United States, we always want to talk about so-called assault weapons, right? I'm doing air quotes. Assault weapons and bump stocks. Yeah, right. And then, But they'll say if we, we can stop school shootings if we just take these assault weapons away from people. That 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 is put to the lie. That 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 fraud is exposed by the fact that a, a person who wants to do evil will find a way to do evil, including a guy in Russia who took two inoperable firearms and handguns, and were able to convert and was able to convert those to go in and and, and hurt and 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 uh, kill that many people. And I think it illustrates the importance of having teachers, whether it's in Russia or the United States or anywhere, having armed teachers that volunteer. I just saw the story about Shelby Eastern School district uh, a couple days ago on our, our sister or i'm sorry our news gathering partners wish tv about how they're arming their teachers in that county and it's it, it's actually more uh common than i think we know in this state isn't it guy yes well uh, and i know that because i've worked with various school districts around the country around the state i should say mainly in rural areas who have made the decision yeah. to arm their teachers and i've helped them put their training programs together and implement this and and they don't want it known but they're you know they yeah. want it to be under the radar for obvious security reasons but there are several s- school districts around indiana that have armed their teachers but listen i oppose gun control as a response to mass shoot- shootings so people immediately come and attack me and say well that means you have no solutions you you just want to say no to gun control but you have no no so- no solutions i beg to differ there are four steps to preventing a school shooting okay number one is risk identification Have a a culture where people see kids who are at risk or whoever it might be, who are, and they invariably post stuff on social media. They 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 do like the kid in Michigan had these violent drawings that were found. The old see something, say something. See something, say something. And we're running a PSA on WIBC right now. It's beautiful. It's see say. I see say because that's what we're talking about. Risk identification. And don't be afraid to judge people because that's the thing that I hate the most. Well, you shouldn't judge that person. No, if there's a lunatic drawing pictures about wanting to shoot and kill people, I'm going to judge him. And that's okay. And that's okay. And that's the culture shift we need. That's a great point. Then it's risk interdiction, which is we identify a risk. What do we do? There are mental health services available. There's the ability to hold someone for observation to see whether they're a risk to themselves or others. If they're a risk, we can we can commit them and hold them for treatment. And this is not just to lock somebody up. It's to get them the help that they need, right? There we have red flag laws. And are, you know we can argue all we want about due process and whatnot, but they currently are on the books. We see someone like the FedEx shooter who's clearly a risk, right? He, he, his mom walked to a, a, an IMPD station to say this kid is a risk to red flag her own kid. She begged him to take away. She, and the, and they the did. Guns. They took a shotgun yeah. away, but they never filed red flag proceedings. So there's a way to intercept those risks, right, before they unfold. Now let's say we ha- we failed at number one and number two. We haven't identified that risk. We haven't, we haven't interdicted. We haven't interfered. Now they're on their way to the school. A third one is risk exclusion, meaning keep them out of the damn school, right? Harden the schools, make it tough to get in schools. In Uvalde, we had an unlocked back door. Apparently the the teachers were using to go out and smoke, right? In, 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 
in in different school shootings, we have different ways they've entered the buildings. We need to look at those and say, no, we're not going to allow bad guys in our schools anymore. And then we have these people come out and attack us and go, oh, well, I don't want my kid going to school in a prison. Look, I don't want my kid going to or my grandkid to go to school in a prison, but I want my kids to be protected as much as we protect our politicians. I want our kids to be protected as much as we, as we protect money in a bank or jewels in a jewelry store. You know, I mean, wh- yeah. wh- why why don't we want to make it as hard to kill our kids as we do to steal our money out of a bank? I mean, I, f- I got a full body cavity search the last time I was at Indianapolis International Airport. It's like a prison there almost, and I'm happy to comply. And I mean, nobody, I, you know what I mean? Like, and, we're, and nobody we're complains arming, about that. Yeah, we're, we're arming our banks, we're arming our prisons, we're arming our, uh, you know, people, uh, TSA. But And it's not like we're putting chains on the doors like Crazy Joe Clark and Lean right. On Me here. No, yeah, no, right. Yeah. No, but, I mean, it's make it hard for bad guys to get in our schools and kill our kids. Why should that be controversial? People don't like it. Liberals argue against it because they say, oh, well, you're just arguing against gun control. You don't want an assault weapon ban, so you want to turn our schools into prisons. Look, an assault weapon ban isn't going to stop school shootings. The worst school shooting in history was Virginia Tech, and was and was and and was committed by two handguns. Yeah, you can ban assault weapons tomorrow. It's not going to stop stop school shootings. You so, can't stop a crazy, motivated lunatic. The guy in Russia just took two inoperable handguns and killed 15 people and wounded 24. But the fourth step is after risk exclusion, meaning keep bad guys out of our schools. The last one is risk response. Now they're in the school. And this goes back to Nigel's point, right? Mm-hmm. Nigel says, why don't we have more armed teachers? Why don't we have more security guards? The, 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 okay, we failed to identify the risk. We didn't interdict. We didn't stop them. We didn't, we didn't get them help. They got in the damn school. Now what's your response? Kill the dude. Yeah. The, the response Absolutely. is shoot him and shoot him before he hurts our kids. How do you do that? With school resource officers? If you want to arm teachers, look, Indiana law allows you to do that. You can put whatever training program you want. I worked with one school district that actually required their, their teachers who wanted to be armed in school to become reserve police officers and go through the same training that the police officers did, which, by the way, the reserve officers got the same training the full-time sworn officers did as far as firearms. Then they gave additional mass shooter training right active shooter response they give him all that training and then they allowed him to carry guns in schools so look those are the four steps including if he gets in our school kill him before he kills our kids and if you're resistant to that then you have a political agenda above actually keeping kids safe got about a minute left here just being devil's advocate what's your response when someone says well we had this kind of stuff down in uvalde we had a resource officer there and he didn't do anything he wouldn't hid somewhere and then the authorities arrived and they sat around and played grab ass for about 35 40 minutes oh yeah well the response is having each of these things in place is no guarantee that people are going to do their jobs we had a guy in parkland florida or an armed school resource officer who hid hid behind a vehicle outside as all those kids were being murdered so none of these none of these systems are foolproof nobody says it's a guarantee right but what it does provide is if you have qualified and willing people who by the way the protocol since columbine going all the way back to columbine the protocol is you have an active shooter in a school. You have have an active shooter anywhere. You're the first on scene. You find the shooter and kill the shooter. And people say, "Well, I'm just by myself, and he has a gun." And you know, and the, the, the response is, you get paid to go in. You don't get paid to come back out. The protocol is go protect the kids, go protect the innocent, find the shooter, end the threat. 
And if that means you don't, it doesn't work out for you and the next guy get a job, gets the job done, guess what? That's the job profile. That's the job description. You don't want that job? Don't take a job as a school resource officer. Don't be a first responder to a mass shooting. That's the way it works. It's not a guarantee, but it's the way the system's designed and it's the way to actually protect kids. If anybody wants to continue this conversation, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Relford Law is the best way, relfordlaw.com. Guy, thank you so much. Love you guys, man. Thanks. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.